You're tuning in to the Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal podcast. If you have a story or a guest recommendation that you think others need to hear, email me at wildweirdandsometimesnormal at gmail.com. Let's get this started. Alex and Brett, kick it! Wild. And sometimes normal. On this episode, I'm joined by Ledger and Owen from the Flipcast podcast. They're a couple of college students early in the podcast game, but have already developed a loyal following. We had a great time as I picked their brains about their podcast, artificial intelligence, college career choices in an always evolving technological world, COVID stealing their high school experiences, politics on a college campus, do they think humanity will live on Mars in their lifetime, and then I pepper them with some fun and crazy questions. An all-around great conversation. Follow them on IG, TikTok, and beyond, and let the fellows know you heard them on Wild and Weird. Enjoy the show. Are you looking for CBD for your pet? My friends at Pure Pet Wellness have what you need. They use the highest quality ingredients. While other companies may use synthetic oils in their CBD, Pure Pet Wellness uses organic ingredients, organically grown hemp, organic coconut oil, organic shea butter, organic beeswax, and that's just to name a few. A family-owned and operated company that also offers fast shipping. Go to purepetwellness.com for all your pet's CBD needs and use the discount code wild and weird at checkout. That's wild, A-N-D, weird. Treat your animal right. Go to purepetwellness.com. Are you looking to buy a home in New Jersey? Escape the city and move to the suburbs? Finally purchase a vacation home on the lake or down the shore? Maybe you're one of the lucky ones who are retiring and moving out of state. If so, let me help you. Keller Williams and the Real Estate Professional Group have what you need to make your goals come true. Reach out and have a conversation with someone who will put you first. Contact Brian McCoach at 856-321-1212 or email McCoach at kw.com. Welcome to another episode of Wild, Weird, and Sometimes Normal. I'm your host, Brian. And tonight I'm joined by Owen and Ledger from the Flipcast podcast. Welcome, fellas. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, man, I really appreciate it. So I was, you know, in, in the depths of Instagram one day, then just New England Podcast Network kind of reaches out and, you know, they're, they're going to do some marketing for podcasts. I'm like, yeah, you know, let's see what's happening here. And I checked some other, other stuff out. And I, Ledger, are you the one that handles that stuff? Yeah. So I started the New England Podcast a few months ago, actually. And I've been reaching out to, to podcasts left and right. And you were actually one of them that had popped up on the list of podcasts <laughs> out there. So yeah, it's fine. So I'm, I'm sorry that popped up for you. I'm, you're probably regretting the decision every day now. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. This is the best, one of the better things that's happened to us. Yeah. Yeah. So your, your site, you're just pro- out there promoting podcasts. You know, I've had some people reach out to me through, you know, I have like a Facebook page or whatever for the show. And this one guy, I don't know if he's from India or somewhere, but he's like, just give me five hundred dollars and I'll market for you. Just like let me just prove myself to you. I'm like, okay, like, like pro- that too. Did you pay him? <laughs> no, he wanted uh he wanted a grand. Yeah, so my guy was offering a deal. I- I'll hook you up. I'll send you my guy. 
Please do. We need them. With this guy trying to make uh, clips for us, we weren't, we weren't going to do it. <laughs> yeah, but and hey, maybe the guy's legit or not. But he's like, let me prove myself to you. I'm like, okay, I'm somewhat interested in that. <laughs> and he's like, way. but yeah. then also pay me. And I'm like, well, you need to kind of show me what you can do first before you give, you know, the five hundred dollars. But anyway, so your thing was just amazing, though. You put together this great summary of what my show is. Like, I can't even summarize my show that well. And, you know, just tagged it and all these hashtags, all this great stuff. Like, I think you're really good at marketing, man. And so, your podcast. Yeah. Oh, good. No, no. Uh, so the kind of the New England page theme is it's it's a it's a free promotion, right? It's like my started in podcasting the problem we found was that there is no free promoters out there at all and with my work with my band i, I there's a lot of free promotion stuff that the bands do for each other but something like podcasting it's it's so independent where it's either you're paying for promotion or you're not so i wanted to kind of make almost like a community like i've, I've said before a community bulletin where any podcast who's interested can kind of reach out to this page and be promoted to be seen by other podcasters or, you know, by other people following the page. So that's kind of the whole deal. I'm hoping, you know, the more it continues, the, the bigger it will get. I mean, we're starting to get more followers. We're starting to get people asking on their own to be on the page. So it's slowly turning into kind of the idea of a, a beautiful, just free place where people can just come and have their stuff uploaded and let it be seen. I really think that's awesome. It is difficult if you don't have a team or if you don't want to, you know, dump a ton of money in to, you know, or even, I'm not too familiar how bots work though, but at one point, a few hundred of my downloads were removed from my tracking analytics. And then I reached out to, you know, to the person hosting my stuff, my, like, Hey, like, where do these things go? And they're like, Oh no, we removed the bots. I was like, well, like, can you put those back? Like I didn't create them. Like I kind of like those numbers. They made me feel good. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, so it's hard, you know, you're connecting or it's always like one-on-one, one, you know, you're just reaching out to people independently. And if you can just grow that community, I think it's like really good to, you know, I buy, I buy a ton of crap. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I have a Nike t-shirt. I never met anybody who worked for Nike or, you know, a basketball player or anything like that. But like, why wouldn't I go spend that same $20 and buy a Flipcast t-shirt? Why wouldn't I, like, I'm talking to you guys, like people supporting people who are actually helping you. Yeah. That's what I, I've said to all and we've talked about before. It's like the only way we're going to grow with this is through locally and word of mouth the only way you can really start from the bottom is doing that it's totally true yeah so we were talking about your band before we started recording and what's the name of your band so j-a-w-n-s so the johns Johns, yeah Yeah. and so you you described this kind of like the you know a hippie yacht rock type of thing you guys are doing and now i find myself close to being you know hey everyone's nice in this world i like everybody i find myself being almost as insufferable as some hipsters that now i don't even listen to music and some of my favorite music are the people that i interviewed i'm like oh no no, no. oh you guys don't know these people like oh come on like you gotta listen to these guys that's awesome (laughs) yeah so now the johns i'm gonna have on a you know a rotation of playing and people like what do you listen to but you guys don't know the johns like what are you talking about (laughs) with my john t-shirt off on yeah Yeah, you're not deep in the yacht rock scene up in Northeast, Jesus. <laughs> it's it's weird, you know. I, I couldn't even have ever imagined it was you're going to have this kind of weird following. A lot of people up here are into that. It is true. That's awesome, man. What kind of scenes are you playing? Are you guys going to like you know open mic or like VFWs? You're running out. 
So we do college gigs. Uh, what we really got into for a, a bit of time here is we got down to some of the city gigs. Uh, so we were down in New Haven, Connecticut. We did some shows down there. It's really like hole-in-the-wall places like cafes, and we did one in the bookstore. So it's really local stuff, but we meet a lot of cool new people. So we honestly have taken any gig opportunities. We have kind of like a band manager, and she gets a lot of the gigs, but we've been to a lot of really great places and met a lot of really great new people from these little local scenes. That's so cool, man. And so you guys are in college. I'm a lot older than you here, and I've been going to shows forever. And it used to be the smaller bands or the up and coming, you know, they'd have shitty equipment. They would have shitty sound. They would have a shitty team behind them because they just don't know. Like, you know what you know. And now with, you know, the technology being where it is with your iPhone being, you know, each year the iPhone comes out. Does the iPhone change so much? Well, no, not so much, but the technology is like incredible inside of there. And you, you have 4K pictures, you have high streaming definition video that you can record and upload your stuff and sound so much more professional than where 15, 20, 25 years ago, you would just sound like shit and people wouldn't be able to listen to you online. Totally agreed. Totally agreed. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really cool, you know, this opportunity, especially for you guys. So you're both in college now. You know, we'll get to the Flipcast in a minute. What are your What are your majors? What do you guys want to do? I'm marketing with uh, communications minor. I'm kind of, when I was picking majors, it was, I, I knew I wanted to do business because I knew there was a lot of opportunity, but it was one of those things where I'm not a big math guy and marketing is kind of like, you know, the color of a presentation rather than, you know, balancing a balance sheet. So I enjoy that side of it a lot more. I don't know exactly what I want to do, but it's a direction. We'll call it a direction. And usually where you start, you know, you don't always you know, end up where you're finishing. So that's very you direction. You're pointing in the right way. Yeah. There you go. How about you, Ledger? What are you, where, what are you studying in school? So right now, uh, I'm in community college. Uh, I'm, I'm getting my business administration and marketing certificate. Uh, and then I'm really hoping to move on and get an early planning degree from a state university. I'm not sure which one yet. I had to take a little year off in college because I used to be a McDonald's general manager. So it kind of slowed me down. But I'm back in school now, and I'm 19, and I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. It took me five years to graduate community college. It was the worst thing in the whole world, but it was also as I, you know, each semester, I would start with like five classes, and then be like, oh, like I don't have to really go to these and kind of show up for tests, but they don't really learn if you're not going. So like as you take the test, it's just like, you know, this like insanity of like, I'll keep doing the same thing until, you know, it finally clicked of like, wow, this like really sucks. And I need to like get motivated and figure out what I'm doing. So you know, community college, you know, great way to go and all. But my point was, so I was interested in what you're doing, you know, not so much to tell you like, Hey, you should go do this, but more of, you know, it sounds like with the marketing urban planning, I'm not familiar with, but again, where we are with computers and everything that I always say for my kids, I have a 10 year old and uh, a seven year old. I almost forgot her age there. I'm definitely had that part out. <laughs> my <laughs> kid, I have a 10 year old and I have a seven year old. And whenever I'm talking to you know the parents of, of their friends and everything, like my friends and their, their parents, it's like, hey, if these kids are not millionaires by the way that the internet's there for them, you can have your own business by the time a successful business by the time you're 15, 20, 22. You don't need all this startup money to get started. You can do Kickstarters, you can do these fundraisers, you can do a million different things to get your idea up and running. And YouTube, like whatever my monthly fees for this aren't astronomical. Like I can run a podcast and see if it's successful, run it for a year, run it for two years, and not put my savings, my whatever it might be, into complete waste. 
You know, you're not shelling out thousands of dollars every month. You're like, oh, I really hope this makes it. You're like, okay, well, this is like 50 bucks a month to have, you know, a pretty good hosting system and, you know, to, to pay for the upgraded Zoom or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's a one-time cost for the mics or whatever it might be. But, you know, prior to the internet, prior to, especially now, there's just like Patreon. There's so many different things you can go use and, and get in that direction. So I, I just think it's cool. You guys have the whole world there for you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's really crazy how much you can get and you know, like what you're saying, having a business and using the internet to your advantage because my brother, he's a little bit younger than me, he's uh he's sixteen right now and he makes games on Roblox. And kid you not, he's made thousands of dollars, over fifty thousand dollars with Roblox making games for kids. So it's it's really insane. Anybody in any age at this point can do anything. Walking to my son today, he's like, Dad, can you install Roblox onto my iPad so I can play with my friends? I was like, dude, like, I don't know about Roblox. I was like, I know you have to like pay money for all this stuff. Like, I'm not buying any of these upgrades. Like, you put the free game in. He's like, no, I was use it free. But now I know if he can make 50 grand, like I might invest some money into this. Yeah, it's it's more so of like you learn the code. Uh, it's actually if they have anybody, anybody can get into it. It's completely free. Uh, it's coding. So you the caddy gives you like a base thing, you can get into coding and scripting. And my brother's like a genius with it. It's all he does is code. He doesn't really uh, do anything other than he's bodybuilding code. <laughs> but, <laughs> I think that's awesome. I mean, coding. So are you guys concerned with how fast technology is progressing? I listened to your one podcast and you were talking about fast food, comparing uh, the marketing of fast food and you know, McDonald's is a giant window of a hamburger to entice people to come in. And the hamburger is like a hundred times the size it really is. And there are these online, uh, I'm sorry, they have these apps or whatever you can sign on to and you can order your Wendy's ahead. But the McDonald's one will start tracking you and they'll have your food ready knowing when you're showing up. Like That's kind of crazy to me. Like I'm not ready to hand that control over yet to as as big tech already has all my information i'm you know i'm not ready to click on that yes button from the track me this has sped up so fast over the last few years do you guys embrace that it's going this fast or do you want to hit a pause button on it i mean it's one of those things where if you can benefit from it i view it as a positive i mean obviously all great things are good in moderation so big companies and big organizations having a ton of this information of people that may only want a cheeseburger and not understand the implications kind of deal. It's uh, it's concerning. It's definitely concerning. But I think with good regulation and you know growth being monitored, obviously, and scaled, it's definitely a good thing to kind of stray away from the idea of you know the apps and these things collecting your data. It's great for people like us, for example, and like you just starting anything for low cost because of how crazy technology is now. Kind of going off of your point earlier, so I guess with the, in the right hands, it's a great thing. So it kind of turns into like super villain movie or whatever you want to call it. You know, just gotta not be Doctor Doom. You know, <laughs> that's what you have to hope for. I, I think I have the maybe more pessimistic that you know, if you ever want to wait for regulation, it's it, you know, the cat's out of the bag by then. Pandora's box is open, and they're like, I, I went on several rants that in front of Congress, they've had Mark Zuckerberg up there to talk about privacy and you know everything they're doing, and then the congressmen are like, uh, my password's locked out. Can you help me reset my password? It's like, what the fuck, man? Like you had one <laughs> shot to talk to the guy to answer all these important things. And you just want to talk about your own little personal thing. Like, I can't get into my Gmail. He's like, I don't do Gmail, man. Like, what are you talking about? I do Facebook. Yeah, he's not gonna talk that way. He just stares at you like a robot anyway, but that's fine. Yeah, it, it's definitely crazy how far it's expanded. We actually, Owen and I did a couple episodes recently about AI. And we were talking a lot about the implications of that and how it was rising. And especially with like targeted advertising, 
like I had talked about before with the McDonald's targeted advertising, it's, it's absolutely wild. I, I was working there as a GM and I kid you not, we'd have people come through every day and they'd order a Big Mac meal with an apple pie. And basically the McDonald's app had learned that they were ordering apple pie every day. So it was giving a, a discount code off the apple pie for them to, to get it. So it's almost as if it's preying on you constantly. It's, it's learning you to make you want to buy things more. You know, suggestive selling is is huge. It's, it's a money pool at that point. You know, it's really process to it. it. There was an article a few years ago. It was talking about Amazon Prime that it could predict. It was a high ninety percent. It could predict before you even started typing what you're going to buy as you logged in to go do it. It just knew from everything that it collected from you and what you bought previously. So your impulse buys that you have, it already knew your impulse buying before you even searched for it. Crazy. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah, I guess as long as you can work for the internet or the internet can work for you, and I guess you can take that for the same thing for tech. Like, you're just gonna, Am I just going to sit on Twitter all day and doom scroll the whole time? Or am I going to try to sit here and use that for marketing purposes? Am I going to try to use that to connect? Am I going to try to use that for, for whatever it might be? And there's people in both camps and there's people, you know, we don't use any of it. Right. Agreed. Yep. So Flipcast, how'd you guys get started? What made you want to get into podcasting? So here's the story. I'm going to give you the story. We should go full story. We're here. So Owen and I have been friends for quite a few years now. And we've always wanted to start our little personal business. <laughs> uh, and we could never nail what we wanted to do. And one of the first things we were thinking about doing a shop five store and maybe doing that, but then we'd get to doing it. But man, I don't want to put all this money into it. So one day we were in Newport, Rhode Island, and we're walking down the street with all of our friends. And I said, Man, oh, what if we started a podcast? <laughs> and then it, it kind of took off from there. Yeah. One Italian uh, espresso bar kind of uplifted this whole thing, got the espresso high to, to get moving. <laughs> Hey, you get too much of that stuff. You think you can fly. You think you can like, you know, lift up cars. Like, Why not start a podcast? I'm ready to run a marathon. Exactly. So we kind of got together and well, what are we going to film at? I was like, oh, my, my great grandmother's house. Here we go. So, you know, we, we had a little set and originally uh, these are new mics. We're, we're, you know, now we have these really tough mics that we'll be <sighs> over the recent, you know, nine episodes we've done, we've grown and made our purchases like you know new mics and some cost effective stuff to get better or quality better and that kind of thing so very slowly we're growing but you know we, we're growing and learning every single day and making it work yeah yeah i think it's amazing when i started my my first episode and it was a, a woman that i grew up next door to for you know i don't know four or five six years or something so you know i know where you stay connected through facebook and you know like her post or whatever it might be and when I had her on before I hit record, I was talking to her fine. Like, hey, we're going to cover this, this, and this. This is okay. She was diagnosed with cancer at, I think she was like 38 years old, stage four lung cancer. Uh, wow. you know, so terrible stuff for her. And I was like, you know, is this okay? Like, you want to talk about this? And she's fully on board. I'm like, all right, I'm going to hit the record button. And then I hit the record button. I was like, fuck, man. Like, what do you say? Like, how do you start off a podcast? Like, maybe it's better the two of you guys and you can just like riff off each other and like, you know, we know we both have to say one word, but I was like, man, I have to like the football games to start to the guy to kick off, like, but the guy has to kick it. And I'm just staring and for a minute. There was nothing. And I could just feel her eyes just like staring at me, but like, finally just, you know, you let it off. And, you know, I, I think I definitely sound better now and going back to that. I, I don't think you can clearly hear how nervous I was or how lost I was, 
but I think I've definitely found a lane now. Yeah, we, we definitely at the beginning were a little nervous. Oh, you know, yeah. Kind of like on our very first episode, we just did an introductory episode and we were like, you know, I didn't know what to do, but our more recent stuff, we've gotten so good about just keeping conversation going and what we're talking about. We've always bounced off each other very, very well, even without podcasts. So it's really to the point now we got to be like, stop filming. We've recorded for an hour and a half. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was pulling out of here. Yeah. Let's go home. It's 10 o'clock. Yeah, that's the hard part, even if you're on a good roll. So I go through and, you know, I'll do some light editing. So, you know, it's not like a caveman when I'm talking or these like long pauses. I'm trying to gather an idea and the audience, they're listening. They're This is so great. His words just flow so smoothly. And hey, there's some light editing here, people. But <laughs> yeah. it, it, it can be, you know, painful sometimes of, of just doing it or, or figuring out what you're going to say or how to say it the right way. And, you know, it, you get better at it, I guess. Right. So how did, how did you get into podcasting? We're kind of curious. Yeah. So I've been listening to podcasts, you know, 13 years or so, like through my commutes, you know, started with like Bill Simmons up in your area. He's a big sports guy. He's from, you know, Boston. He lives out in LA now, but listen to him and Joe Rogan. And so that's kind of my, my two worlds, you know, a little bit of, or I guess a third world, a little bit of bro science, a lot of sports. And then aliens and weird stuff. And I was always right. interested in that. That's a, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a, a completely rounded person, right? Like I, I'm a completely rounded person here. Like I, I check off every all the food groups. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> a completely rounded person a in a triangle. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so I would, you know, go off these topics wherever it might be, and you know, I have different groups of friends that I talk to about different things. And my brother, he listens to all this stuff too. You know, for the most part. So yeah, yeah. We, shoot over memes or funny stories or weird stuff right dude we should do a podcast we should do a podcast and for years we talked about like since 2016 and never did anything so then finally i was on a health kick for a while i was was lifting and working out every day i was like i stopped drinking for a dry january and kept that going through i went through july but you know there was the third month like i found all this energy kick in i was like you know what like i gotta do it it's not that hard just get on here get it Let's go do it. I went to Barnes and Noble. I'm taking pictures of, of people's books of topics that I find interesting. And then I just scrolled through my my Facebook feed uh, of friends or whatever. I'm like, who do I know? Like, who owns a business? Who has a story? Who like do I know anything on here? So I saw my friend Angela and her cancer story. I was like, all right, you know, like I'll see if she wants to come on and do it. My friend I used to work with in a, a casino in Pittsburgh, Dave, he lived like three blocks from that. A train crash that happened in February where all the toxic chemicals in Palestine, Ohio. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So I reached out to him. I was like, hey, do you want to come on here and do this? And then there was a guy on Twitter that somehow I started following and he can predict earthquakes through studying the tectonic plates. I don't know exactly how he does it. He tried to explain it to me, but he's right all the time. And so I just reached out wow. to him and I, I had three people. And one podcast I was listening to was like, hey, you can't just put out one episode. Your first episode, you can't just put out because if people want more, you don't have more. So I was like, all right, I'm going to release three on the same day and then I'll do every Friday. And I'll go ahead and do it. And I've just been fortunate enough that either making connections through you know, social media, uh, reaching out to people you know, and, and just putting things together or you know, meeting different people. And then they come back to me and they're like, hey, do you want to talk to a guy about he wrote a book on Bigfoot? Like, yep, of course I do want to talk to a guy who wrote a book about Bigfoot. And now just, you know, go at it. And the the parts 
so this is all interview based, and that's hence why you guys are here. Nobody wants to hear me ramble on. I do a short minute to intro. You know, I find that hard sometimes to do. Like, you know, you change the inflection and get excitement in there and, and things like that. It's much easier to do when you're talking to people. But I like the thrill now of like, oh shit, like I have a podcast coming out next Friday. I have zero guests lined up. Like, where am I getting this? I can't skip a week. Like, that's definitely not happening. And yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, you miss one. This is just like working out, man. I I tweak something in April. I was like, oh, let me just take a couple of days off. And a couple of days turns into a week. And now every day I wake up, I'm like, all right, just knock out 10 push-ups in the morning, do 10 at night, and then tomorrow add a little more and get back on your regular routine. And I get to put two days together of that. Because once you stop, you gotta stay in the momentum. And uh exactly. consistency is key. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's horrible. We're fucked. Just have a COVID episode. That's it. Let's talk about it. Exactly. Yeah. We did just put out a little mini vlog about the COVID cast. Yeah, so absolutely. we got all that. <laughs> <laughs> Were you down and out with it? Uh, I'm still coming up there. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, I had to take two weeks off of work. Um, I was out of classes for two weeks. You know, it was a great time. I got to edit the podcast the whole time, you know, put together a bunch of short form content. It was great. But now I live in a single dorm on campus. So I was just, it was me and a TV for like two weeks. It was crazy. Oh, man. You kick your uh, ass. So your yeah. first time round with it or just uh, it happened to be a worse one? It was number three and it was definitely the worst one. Oh, all right. But, you know, we live and we learn. And, you know, now we got, now we got week nine out. So we're good. <laughs> That's it. You keep chipping away. Turn this a whole COVID episode. There were three times since January 2020 where I was like the sickest I've ever been. I was like, what? One was in February 2020. And like my whole family couldn't get up. If I like I felt like I was falling off of the earth. If I stood up, it just felt like the earth was spinning and I could feel it. Crazy <laughs> stuff. And then in March it comes out, I was like, shit, like I probably had it before they officially declared an emergency. I completely agree with that. Yeah, I, I yeah. the same thing. It, it's absolutely bizarre. I, especially I work fast food through the entire pandemic i mean it, it was it was absolutely wild doing that every day and people would get sick left and right and i got sick plenty of times it's like is it covid is it not you know that we we have asked ourselves and it was getting to the point where you know the employers multiple fast food employers not even us they wouldn't even believe you if you said you had covid you had to jump through some hoops and get some you know tests and have it done by the urgent care or had to be written by well signed by a doctor like it, it was no joke with how it was. Yeah, that's messed up the frontline employees, the you know, the frontline businesses like that where you have to be customer interacting, you can't do it just online. You know, they didn't give a shit. They're like, hey, you're coming in, man. Like, we're not closing. Yeah, we never closed, not one time because of COVID. Wow. Yeah, that's messed up. But my other two times I was super sick and I tested for COVID, nothing. And then when I didn't end up having it, I was like, I felt like 90% fine. Like, I wouldn't even have said that I was sick. It just happened to be my kids were sick. And I was like, well, let's just test everybody. I was like, oh, shit, I've got it. So yeah, I, it's, I, a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. It hits people differently. It's a weird, strange thing. Agreed. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the time I was the most sick with, with it was when I got the vaccine. I ended up, I got the first shot. When I had to come out, I got it. And it was pretty brutal. It put me out. That was the only shot I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, again, that's it. it. It is weird how even, you know, not just specifically this one, but all vaccines that they give you, they're like, well, hey, you don't want to get the flu, right? Like, no, I don't want to get the flu. Of course I get a vaccine. And they're like, okay, well, now you're going to be sick for three days. Like, well, shit, why not just get the flu then? Right, so <laughs> yeah, right. Just to get the flu. Yep. Yeah. You're like, okay, great. Thanks for giving it to me. So, <laughs> I, 
At your campuses, are they instituting any, there's rumors of COVID policies coming back. There's, you know, you're seeing in some places, are your campuses telling you that you're going to have to wear a mask in class? So currently my campus, no, they've referenced that if it ends up becoming an issue, they'll get back to like masking and that kind of thing. But right now what we're seeing is that they've turned our classes into what they call flex classes, basically saying that, you know, you can come to class. You can come in person, but we're also streaming this. So you can take it from home. So I still go in person, but if, you know, I ever feel like I don't want to get out of bed in the morning, I can just turn on the computer. And, and Yeah, I think that'd be the slippery slope for me that that I had in, in community college. And we talked about podcasting, like, hey, you guys are up to how many episodes you have and make sure you keep releasing those episodes because once you're in that grind, you don't want to get off of it. And hey, once you log into a Zoom class for school, like uh, why am I why am I getting up? Why am I getting dressed? I make myself go to school. I can't not go to school. If I don't go to school, if I'm going online, I'm, I'm going to sleep through my class. It's like, I mean, I'll say it right now. When I was in high school, we were we, we were going to COVID, and we were on our way out, and all of our classes were online. Can't tell me how many Zooms classes I I slept through. Oh yeah. And then, <laughs> <laughs> the teacher was talking. <laughs> What year were you in when, when it hit? What year of high school? I was a junior. And you just lost that whole year? The rest, oh, I guess, was half that year, and you lose the next year, too? Uh, we lost uh, the end half of our junior year, and then pretty much the entirety of senior year up until the end. Man, that sucks. I'm sorry, guys. That's a fun time and fun time in life. Yeah. it's uh, It was too bad, but I, it's funny. Like, you know, being, we're, what, 10 minutes away, towns-wise? Yeah. I think East Windsor was fully, you know, everyone was fully remote for those full two years, but I know everybody else had hybrid options. Yeah, we had the hybrid option where you could either attend school online or it's in person, but depending on what day of the week, you get in that class online. So it wasn't even a full week of school, really. Unfortunately, I really liked going to school. And I, I, I learned to like school after I missed out on it for, you know, go almost year or so i really wanted to go back it just really wasn't an option yeah makes well, me appreciate it, it definitely I mean, that's the silver lining now you know it's not like you just went through all of it and you're like oh i need a break and like hey this class is monday wednesday friday you're like well you know fuck monday and i'm hung over and you know fuck friday and we went party and now you're like hey you know what i actually had two years off of school i did on zoom and now i want to go every day yeah i think just learning to appreciate it more and i definitely learned to say you know what like this is this is a place that you know it's a, it's an escape almost at this point because you know we were not home all the time and there wasn't anything to do so mm-hmm. it's more so just a place to connect and you know you get to see your friends and all of that and you know how i've come to appreciate it a lot more than you know waking up and not wanting to go to high school it's it moved past that <laughs> <laughs> yeah what do you guys what do your friends think of you guys doing a podcast oh we got uh, we got some opinions <laughs> definitely some opinions you know, him and I have always been the chatty one in the friend group. Uh, we've always been the ones that kind of go off on our own and talk. So people don't necessarily hate it. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't say they hate it. They support it. They were they were very supportive at first, and then they weren't very supportive. But now they're starting to become supportive and the more professional we've gotten. Now that they're seeing that we're not like just doing it because it's another Ledger Owen business adventure, right? It's it's becoming more of the serious thing. Exactly. <laughs> no, I, I think that's good, and that's good that they came around to support you too see a lot of stories and you know you'll experience in life sometimes that the people closest to you aren't always the biggest cheerleaders where you know like what you might do for somebody they don't do back for you 
but it sounds like so like your group came kind of came back around for you too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's 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 a big thing. It's definitely a huge thing. Do they give you topics to talk about? We're trying to implement that. So I will tell you this. I will tell you this. They don't necessarily give us topics to talk about, but uh, we respond to every comment we receive on all of our platforms. So we, uh, we're we on TikTok, we're on YouTube Shorts, we do Instagram Reels, primarily TikTok. So any of our comments we get on that, we'll read out on the podcast. And most of them are pretty nasty. Like, mm-hmm. This podcast is awful. Like, you know, what are you talking about? What your bone has? <laughs> Funny. Oh, we, it's great. we love it and we'll tag them in the post and then they have to come back and watch us read their comment <laughs> you can't hide behind the phone no we'll no <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity you know they want to they want to drag you it's exactly. like hey you can leave whatever nasty review you want just make sure it's a five-star one put five stars and then say like this guy's an idiot and his guests are morons like that's fine by me just make sure the five stars are there you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> How have you guys going about expanding? Just you know, you're just hitting all these socials on here and, and putting it out. Yeah, I mean, we're uh, we're we're definitely trying to to build it as much as we can. I know our original, we've tried to make like a business model at one point to like to kind of come up with this, you know, growth plan. And a lot of it was you know all organic, trying to just you know taking TikTok v- videos that we make from our longer form podcast and being able to funnel them back into the YouTube. Kind of was like the broad scheme of things, but we started to learn that there's traction and places to build on Instagram. There's places to build on YouTube Shorts too. You know, word of mouth, all that type of stuff. It, I, I completely agree. It, like he's saying, it, we're doing a lot of short based stuff because we aren't actually in an RSS feed. We don't have like a management system. We haven't gotten into that. So our stuff is just being posted up on YouTube and up on Spotify. Uh, we've thought about moving into it, but you know, it's not, we, we can do it, but kind of just seeing how it goes, just doing it organically with our short form stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's good. I'm still cautious. I don't know why I, I the video part, maybe I just don't have enough time for it that the regular editing takes up enough. And yeah. <laughs> and then the start going through, you know, the TikToks of the world and things like that. I just don't think I'm there yet, but I do save all these videos so I can go back and revisit it at some point and you know, see how that goes. Yeah, something we found recently is this video editor. It's called uh, Opus Clip, Opus Pro. I don't know if you've probably seen ads for it. It's it's like a AI video editing software. So basically you can up- upload a full length video file or take the URL off a YouTube video. And what it will do is it will make clips off of your podcast video. So those captioned videos that are on our TikTok and most of those we use that to take clips for us and make that and then I'll do further editing on it uh, to make it look a little bit better. I haven't dipped my toes in the AI world yet of editing even for this. People are like, oh there's somewhere you can get a program we'll take out all the ums. Like, oh, no, damn. we wouldn't do that. No. We don't we wouldn't do that. It's more so just to get us the content for TikTok and Instagram and YouTube because it's so hard to make short form content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite episode you've done so far, or what topics are you interested? Oh, I, I think we should go one and one here. Let, you want to go first? Uh, so my favorite episode, I think we did. I, I'm going to say is our most not our our most recent one that we just posted in AI and education. It was huge. Uh, it's we really delved into a lot of cool topics. We, we honestly went and just kept talking. It was crazy fun. That's probably my favorite one. Yeah. So I think that one's definitely a close second for me. 
just because of how organic the conversation is in that one. I think the one where we really first hit our stride, we did an episode on how malls have changed and the modern state of malls, and those types of things. And I think that was the first time talking with Ledger, having a, this podcast that we like really generated like organic thought an original thought, just like in the actual episode, not based off of something we were like talking points, if you know what I mean. Like we went in and we spoke about in the future, we did some crazy like mindfuck thing of, you know, malls that are online, you have to buy domains in order to sell through stores. Like it was this whole thing. We went into that and it was just super interesting. So that's that was one of my favorites. The brick and mortar mall, like that that shit's done. Yeah. Uh, so, but go in the future. Yeah. Yeah. But that's interesting. Crazy. Yeah, they. Uh, it's sad. There's a mall near me. It's called the Echelon Mall. It used to have uh, an Exilorama when I was in fifth or sixth grade, and it was this whole little arcade thing, like mini rides. They had a two dollar movie theater, and it would show movies that were like three weeks or four weeks old, like this before it would come out for you streaming in like you know six weeks. This way, you had to wait six months to a year to be like, oh, you know, uh, what I see. I saw eight, the first Ace Ventura in there like twelve times because it was two bucks. And you get an endless bucket of popcorn for a dollar. Anyway, that whole mall is gutted. There's a Boscov's. The township that it's in has a store in there. I think there's a Verizon store. There's nothing in the food court anymore. And somebody just posted a picture on the local town page. And if it was cakes or candies or somebody opened up a shop in there. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, oh, they'll get all the foot traffic. But there's no, there's no foot traffic. This is a <laughs> giant indoor lapse for old people. That's oh, all yeah. it is. That's all it is around here. That's what happened to our mall too. We have a local mall that ended up being the same way. They used to have like a Sears and a Macy's and it lost it. It only has a target uh, keeping it alive. So we live on the, the highway corridor we live on. It's called the, I think it's called corridor of knowledge, the golden corridor of knowledge. Basically our highway strip going up towards like Boston. It, they call it the knowledge corridor because people coming out of like Ivy League schools and top universities up in the, the Northeast here, uh, they tend to live around here. So there's a lot of high paying jobs. So they constructed all these malls up around us. So, you know, they're within 20 minutes of each other. So they just ate each other up. So now, with, you know, online shopping, they just can't even survive. So the big ones survive and the little ones like our, our mall, they kind of fell apart. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, it's sad for a lot of those things and, and for how quickly it changed too. And even going back and, you know, they have an open air one around us that they didn't have too much. I definitely think they had growing up, but you know, like a strip mall, but that's not open air. And it's just picture a mall. The stores are closed and they have doors that they can keep the weather out. But the inside of the mall is just all open and fresh air. And, you know, there's birds and planes and everything else. And you'll see it in movies in like California and Southern California. If you ever went there, you know, they have stuff like that. And I think that's good because people are kind of like, you know, walking in nature and maybe I have to get something from here. But this is a giant monstrosity of a building like, i don't even know what those people are going to do like you can't demo them and then build townhouses or whatever like but that's all they're going to try to do or like oh we could put an amazon warehouse here oh great another one yeah yeah it's uh finding its use for the spaces after they've already kind of become decrepit and getting rid of them is definitely the hard part you know we see in our, our mall the enfield mall it's like churches now yeah we have a church and then the problem is what what's happening is these malls are getting older and older and the longer these spaces are vacated, they have, you know, they need repairs. So, you know, the building, the large buildings that once housed the Macy's, they have leaks coming into the roof. So now they're, you know, they're dangerous. They can't, you know, do not enter. So now it's, it's a problem. So at this point, it's whoever does decide to come in there, if anybody, now they have to put $200,000 in just to fix the space up, let alone, 
getting new furniture and flooring and that kind of thing. As these ceilings are collapsing and everything, you can't even go hide there during the zombie apocalypse anymore. Like you have to find another place now. But that, that was the go-to. Yeah, they, they're totally useless now. Yeah, like really. Just, <laughs> thanks, guys. Just let the zombies in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so do you guys shoot ideas off each other leading up to before you record, or do you just bring it uh, like it's one person's responsibility? <laughs> so whenever we come in, we, we touched on it in a few episodes. We We roll in to the studio, great grandma's basement. And we, we kind of just come up with an idea on the fly. We'll, I'll bring food because obviously Ledger hosts the, the podcast and we'll, uh, we'll kind of sit down and be like, all right, what do we want to talk about today? Um, we could base it off current events. We could base it off a series we're trying to build, maybe a, a, a you know direction we're trying to turn the podcast. Like lately we've been finding a lot of joy in talking about AI. So whenever we come to the studio, we want to base it on something in like the realm of AI. So like, you know, AI and education, business, film, those types of things. But a lot of the times, I wouldn't call it last minute, but it's more we want to come up with it and be passionate about it in the moment. So in that way, we have more to talk about rather than predetermining a schedule. I would say 90% of the time, I don't send questions out to people if I'm going to talk to them. You know, someone might say, like, hey, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, oh, let's just touch on like A, B, and C. But it's it, I don't have a sheet in front of me. Like, oh, great. Now I'm going to ask a ledger, like ledger in... 2019, what did you think? Like, that's not going to go anywhere. And it's going to be boring and nobody wants to pay attention to that. And so I think, you know, as it leads up to it, an hour or two before, I'll start brainstorming and get excited about an idea. And if I ever try to do that too far in advance, when I try to recreate that, that same excitement isn't there. And I'm like, shit, what did I think about three days ago that I didn't write down? And, you know, it gets to be a little tough sometimes. Yeah, I agree. You know, I was actually, we talked to another podcaster today and we had a good conversation about this. And I've always said, you can't make a boring structure for the podcast. If we have a structure and we say, all right, we're going to talk this and we're going to say this and this, then that's not a podcast. That's basically just a, a movie at that point. Or like a radio show. Radio right? show yeah. You have a script. We're not reading a script. The greatest thing about it is just being able to formulate these topics on the go. And that's why we have so much fun with it. Because if we were just reading a paper, it'd be not. Yeah. As I've gotten older and you know, started thinking about marketing more or thinking about, you know, production of things. And you start listening to the morning radio. How painful that has to be. You know, morning radio is like 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. or whatever. That like you're rolling in at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., whatever it is, to have these pre-production meetings where you're having half those same conversations. You're like, oh, hey, Ledger, I'm going to say this. And now you chime in and tell your bit about this. And it's just so artificial. It, it's just, oh, it, it's terrible. There's such better ways it, for people who I talk to, like some people still don't listen to podcasts and they're like, why would I do that? Let's listen to the radio. Like it's so much better. It's not artificial. And you can also find any topic that you're interested in and listen to, you know, hours of it. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely getting to the point now where I think podcasts are, are at least where I'm finding with this new England page, it's like podcasts. They've always they've been around for many, many years now, but it's getting to a point where a lot of small independent creators are now kind of forming up and being able to, to build their own content. The content is so much more, well, for the most part, the content we're seeing out there is so much more knowledgeable and intellectual than anything you could find on the radio out there. It's so much more interesting. And there's so many niche podcasts where you can basically find a show about anything you want to listen to where with the radio, it's you get what you get. You know, you got the guys on the rock station, you got the guys on the you know, light 100. It's, it's just, that's what it is. Yeah. You know, even though it's still there and it's been around for you know hundred years now, it's not a, a long-term successful format that they still have. 
I, people just went to Sirius and XM and all that, so they could just listen to music nonstop. But these morning shows, the the talk radio, the you know the sports talk radio, the guy calling in, all that has to go. It's so much better if you want to listen to you know local Sixers talk, you want to listen to local Eagles talk. Like there's, you can find people who have hours and hours and new content of it. You're not listening to something from a week ago, or whatever it might be. That's just you know not relevant. Yeah, it uh, keeps things very current, keeps things like, you know, like you said, finding a niche, being able to see whatever you want to talk about, right? Up here, everything for sports podcasts, everything rivals each other. So it's like, you know, you could have the podcast that talks about the Patriots and maybe how bad they are, but then, you know, ESPN radio up here, because it's all based down in Bridgeport, or I, I think it's Bridgeport. They're, they're, do, they're talking about these things, obviously, in a, a formatted manner. So it keeps things not as original, kind of to your point. So it's less organic. One of the things I hate is pre-recorded. I hate when I know, like, do you ever tell, like, if something's pre-recorded, like, you'll be listening to it, and they won't even state that it's pre-recorded, but then you hear something, and like, wait a minute, this is totally pre-recorded. That frustrates me a lot when it's like, I, I really wish things were live. I like when it's live, it's at that moment, instead of, you know, oh, this was recorded two hours ago, and now I'm listening to it. It's just, it's not as cool. No. Yeah, you definitely want it as it's happening. That's kind of hard with the current events, you know, unless you're recording live and putting it out and things like that. So like the breaking news stuff, like I don't really have too much on my podcast, but like if something happened within the last week that would still say, you know, fresh and relevant, you know, I would stay on that. I had an interview with Jeffrey Wilson from the Conspiracy Farm and he came on and it was we recorded on a Wednesday. He does current events and I guess he maybe he tends to get a little more political or outspoken against certain factions of how the country's going. And my general thing is just like both parties suck and you know we need to fix everything. But as we were talking <laughs> and going through, yep. yeah, yeah, you'll see. Uh, so like five questions that I asked them, or five topics we covered. And the next night was the Republican first debate or something. And three of the five questions were in that debate. I was like, shit, this wasn't going to go out till a week later, but like I need to put this out, you know, the next day, or otherwise people are like, you just got your topic, your talking points from you know, a debate. Like that's a little fucking weird. Yeah, it's we do a little bit of current event stuff, but it's not to that caliber. We talk about little like things we don't see pop up. We do this little segment. It was called Flip Five. So basically it's five topics in five minutes and we'll run through topics and cover them. Uh we, we're kind of moving on format and see if we really want to keep doing that. It's it's hard. We've talked about a little bit about like short form content. It's it's hard to keep viewership with that. So you know, we're kind of working to see what we're going to do. But, you know, current events is definitely one of our topics, something we'd like to cover and something we'd like to continue to cover because we find it really interesting, especially when we're covering these things in the spur of the moment and there's a lot of good organic conversation coming out of it. What are the areas of current events that that interest you? Like when you jump on Twitter or whatever, with your stream, you're scrolling to try to find something. What are your eyes going to? I mean, we kind of hit anything that's happened in the week. You know, we've done... Would you call it three flip fives? We've recorded three flip fives yeah. and then split them up. You know, we've recorded in the weeks where Jimmy Buffett had passed. We've recorded in the weeks, you know, the ice spice drink just came out at Duncan. We talked about that, talked about the WWE merger. I mean, there's just, there's so many different things. We kind of, it, it also becomes a spur of the moment thing too. Kind of like our podcast ideas. We'll sit down after we've recorded our main episode and we're like, all right, what's big in the news right now? We'll go on Apple news. We'll go on Instagram to see what's in our feeds. I guess to answer your question, obviously in a broad way, I mean, it's really anything, anything that's interesting in that week. You know, I probably mix all that stuff in regularly, you know, as I talk about and not put in a special segment. And the only thing I really try to steer clear from is to hammer one side of politics more than the other, instead of just, you know, burn it all down. Yeah. We don't, we don't touch politics yeah, politics, religion are kind of our big exes. Yeah, we won't touch it. It's it's, it's hard because a lot of the call and shame now, and 
our main viewers. It's it's a touchy, touchy subject we really don't want to get into. Yeah, so instead we just trash, you know, bad celebrity collapse and, uh, <laughs> you know, d- different marriages that happened, you know, keep it trendy. Yeah, maybe once a month. I'm like, shit, if I just went really hard one way, I could get so many more followers, like instantly overnight. Like if I just, you know, just veered one way, but, uh, you know, I have no interest. That That does not excite me at all. I, I follow that through Twitter to see what's happening and I'm exhausted by it. I couldn't imagine wanting to talk to people, deep dive whenever it is afterwards. I would, I would want to kill myself probably. <laughs> yeah, we. It, it's tough because everybody's very, very opinionated. It's really hard. You know, something I've really come to realize is that's, it's strength far, far, far away from what really the foundation of, you know, America is on. And that's, you know, people can have their own beliefs and we're all entitled to our own beliefs, but Sometimes it feels that one side might be more heavier than the other, and you know they people don't agree, and it just ruins it because that's not what we're all about. Working together in unity to come up with a common goal or solution. No, yeah, I think that's definitely the right way, and you know this could be idealistic of me looking back when I'm 18, but I definitely think the political scene was, you know, if you were left or right, it wasn't too far from the center. You kind of just weaved back and forth, and most people were left and right. And they're like, oh, I really like this social issue. But then also I think that there should be this too. And like by issue, whatever it was, you'd have your own opinion on it. And it didn't matter if like it differed. Like you also wouldn't know most people's opinions. Like, you know, I'd be like, I really think that, you know, minimum wage should be a thousand dollars an hour. And, you know, Ledger might be like, well, you know, in capitalism, it really should only be about $15 to drive the price. And we wouldn't get into a screaming match, which is like, oh, okay, that's what you think. That's oh, weird. I don't see it that way. And move on. But now, uh, yeah, this. Yeah, there's compromise, or I just don't give a shit. You know, like okay, that's what you think. I'm like no problem. But here, like you have to like beat people into submission, and then you know, like call up their school and like, oh, you should kick this guy out, man. He's you know, he's the left wing communist, right wing not to like. Oh my god, like get over yourself, people. Yeah, it's really unfortunate. You know, it's definitely weird, especially with the scene we are being younger and kind of popping into it now. It's like people our age are either very very reserved about their opinion. Or, you know, there's the select few who are very, very loud uh, with their opinion. It's tough because, you know, I don't know what the, the point of this, you know, country is going to come to, especially when, you know, the people who are in our generation are going to start coming into office and that kind of thing. But it's it's definitely going to be weird because I don't, I don't know what people's opinions are because nobody's really brave enough to talk about it because they're worried of being shunned or, you know, attacked or you know, anything being made fun of, bullied, whatever you want to call it. But it's, it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see it also kind of being this like Facebook thing. Like if you go, you know, you'll see you know, your crazy uncle or someone you knew in high school and like, they just talk to an echo chamber and they just put a comment out there, but not to see the other side of it, just to have everybody tell them like how much great and they agreed they are with it. And now like your crazy uncle, he's probably not going to look back on his life and be like, Oh, I shouldn't have spent so much time on Facebook. I just think all these people who are super active in politics at a young age without like a general direction, instead of just like, hey, I'm parroting whatever I saw on whatever side news that I follow. You're just gonna come out of this in 10 years and be like, shit, man, like I wasted a lot of my li- lot of my life. Cause your views are gonna change as you get older or or as you have experiences or like things you can't even comprehend and be like, I would never think. I would I would change my opinion on this. And shit, 10 years later, you're like, oh my God, like that was either such a immature, uninformed, or also something else happened. You're like, no, like, we really need this. I, I think there'd be a lot of wasted people are very disappointed in themselves in the future. 
Yeah, I agree. Social media definitely has for people's political opinions and, you know, it's, it's, it's the digital footprint of that and where people are leaving their you know, opinions. And it's crazy because it, it pretty much anybody can see it now. I mean, I've known plenty of people who I, I knew this gentleman when I was in high school and he was very, very right-leaning. And it was very well known within the school that he was very well right-leaning, you know, and some people liked that and some people didn't, but he ended up going very left-leaning and going and flying out to California. Really? It's absolutely wild. So it's like, even even if you think you know, you don't know. No. Nope. Because it, it can change in a second. Yeah. I just become as informed as you can by read the other side of what they say, what you believe, and then, you know, maybe try to see that that way. And not to get convinced the other way, but like just to see the flaws and maybe you're thinking, you're like, no, no, that person's completely wrong. What I think is this. But if you always just keep reading the same people that are in your echo chamber, you're not going to see where you're wrong at. Or if you might not be wrong, but who knows? I like what you're saying there. It's almost like you're, you're touching the concept of like people, they'll believe a certain political, you know, they'll believe in a political party, you know, they'll be right leaning or left leaning, whatever. But, you know, when you're affiliated with a political party like that and you're expressing your political opinions online or you're reading certain articles from, you know, certain journalists and publications, what will happen is you'll only be targeted certain publications. You know, the days of reading the newspaper with, you know, different, different reporters and different journalists, those are over. You know, nobody gets the paper anymore. They're reading from whatever Fox or CNN or, you know, any other large corporation or even the small ones. You know, they're, they're reading that. They're very, very targeted and opinionated and biased articles, which are, you know, that's what they want. You know, they want people to keep tuning in because they like hearing their own opinion. That's just natural. People like hearing themselves. People like hearing what they like to think. But it's unfortunate because prior to the big online presence of these, you know, I mean, we're young, but, you know, I can even remember the day of newspapers. Like, I can remember reading papers, and it, there were so many different opinions in it. And it's just not like that anymore. It's really unfortunate because even with the younger generation of ourselves, they're being targeted with, you know, I wouldn't say this, but the articles on my phone, they're not going to be the same with Owen's phone. We, we might have different opinions. And, you know, the the technology that exists is attacking on that. They know what you're into. They know your interests. And they know what parties you might support. Yeah, there was a term that came out a few years ago. And I hated it from day one. But it was always like my personal truth. Like, this is my personal truth. And you're like, well, that's not real. Like, there's like the truth truth. And now fast forward a few years later. And there is nothing but personal truths. Like the three of us could live in completely different worlds and not understand the other person's opinion, yet think we are completely right, just based on our newsfeed algorithm that's crafted for us that we read and never see if what we read was correct, was corrected in the future. Like it's very strange. It's a it's a strange age of media, definitely a good way to put yeah. it. Just the way that things have transformed to be opinion based on what the reader wants. To be correct, where you know, like like we talk about with all of our AI episodes and everything like that, everything's targeted. So bring up a good point there. Like to, to build off what Ledger was saying too, like when we were looking through for our flip five segments and the current event things, when we go on our Apple News apps on our watch, the five featured stories are always different. And that's always just based on, you know, again, what we what we see, what our search history is, what all those things are. It's just fascinating to think that it's like those days of general information are gone everything's targeted now yeah i mean owen's a big pop culture guy i'm not you know he's a big sneaker guy and i'm not so he's targeted a lot of different things than i'm he'll be like oh did you hear that no <laughs> i didn't hear that <laughs> yeah 
he, he knows this because it's what he's being targeted. Yeah, it's also funny. So my son, he just started school for his new grade. But last year, he would come home and like to quiz me on on history. And he'd be like, hey, dad, who discovered America? And you know, in third grade, I knew that answer off the top of my head. But as you get older and you're like, well, like, who are we talking about here? Who discovered? Are we talking about the Native Americans? Are we talking about, you know, before that, the Vikings were up in the New Hampshire, New England area over there? Are we talking about that they're like the Spanish down in Florida? Who are we talking about? And then he like, as I'm sitting here going, he's like, you don't know it's Christopher Columbus? I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, you know, way overthought this one. <laughs> but it's also like, at what point do you correct your books? And is it, you know, what general knowledge was like, you actually go back and the more you know, like maybe you should update your books. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I feel like with, you know, the age of technology and the more readily available information, you know, I feel like there's definitely been benefits where certain things and certain knowledge that people didn't know before and directions where they were steered wrong and wrongly steered and maybe, you know, through advertising, false advertising or, you know, learning things that weren't true. You know, the internet definitely provided a good packing to say, hold on one minute, like this is actually true. You know, it, it has its benefits, but then it also has things where it's very opinionated and that's not general knowledge. You know, very opinionated things are not general knowledge. That's that's not facts at that point. That's opinionated facts at that point. No. All facts are in some form biased, but at that point, you're just reading someone else's opinion. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be interesting with marketing as you further into that role, you know, just more the target of marketing. There's not somebody sitting down at Sears, you know, and, and like, hey, this is our fall catalog and make sure you put the vacuum on the front page and, you know, hey, make sure that dishwasher's there and, oh, everybody likes the color purple, do that. But now it's just going to be, okay, hey, uh, showing that like 3% of the of this demographic is really into this and I've created this whole marketing campaign that we're just going to do this now. And the people are, I feel it would probably be more likely to be like, yeah, let's do that for this one. And, and now let's get a separate marketing campaign for, but it, it's not the, hey, moms love meatloaf or whatever. And, and you know, there, there's dad out here mowing the lawn. Like you don't have that anymore. Yeah. Like the, the days of, you know, general marketing, like you're talking about are over. And again, as you said, targeted marketing is like the new thing, you know, being able to have multiple kind of fly flying around uh, the days of being able to have, you know, one campaign are totally out the window. You know, you have to sell to a target audience point blank period, because if you don't, your product's not going to sell. Like we're not, for example, we're not trying to sell to like 16 and under. You know what I mean? Like our product as the as the podcast is not to elementary school kids, which it could be, but we're obviously not tailoring it to that. We pick the demos we're going for and we change things as we need to just to kind of fits fall into that those different marketing pitches, if you can call it that. But if anybody happens to find the podcast and you get clicks and views and they buy your merch, you're not against that. Oh, 100 percent no. <laughs> you know, if people want to watch, they can watch 100 percent Yeah. Right. Nothing like uh, under the Christmas tree is a you know a flipcast coffee mug or something for you know a sixth grader. I'm telling you, we got to sell these. I mean, we got our own custom logs right here. They're not available longer yet. <laughs> Get enough demand. I mean, hey, we'd be happy to make them. Yeah. So I set up a, a merch store probably a month ago. Like, I want to hold all this product. My my buddy, he does some marketing for a small business, and it's like this camping thing. And so I was talking to him about it. I was like, like are there like print on demand stuff? Like, I, I don't want to have a, a garage full of t shirts. And, and he's doing a lot of the holding merchandise. Be saying like stickers, like a big thing, and they go and everything. I found this online company that will just print on demand what I want. Like I just create the product, which is really simple, and you know put the logo on whatever it is, and as people order. Now, like, am I missing? Like one, I'll probably never become a millionaire doing it by holding the merchandise, and by having someone else doing ninety nine percent of the work. I'm certainly never becoming a millionaire, but it, it's fun 
every once in a while I get a picture from you know somebody who listens, they'll send me an email with it and I see somebody in the wild wearing my shirt. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, that's that age definitely now of like drop shipping and that kind of consumerism where you know a larger third party company is doing all the, the heavy work and you have a smaller business, you know, an independent, you know, business, the creator, and they they're kind of just outsourcing it. I've seen plenty of I mean, I even tried dabbling in drop shipping and that kind of thing and you know trying that kind of idea of having someone else hold their inventory but listing it and that kind of thing it's really tough it really is yeah there's a guy on youtube he's like it's a quick two-hour video and you can do all this stuff and i was oh man six hours into watching a two-hour video i was like i don't understand any of this shit (laughs) yeah yeah i mean i I, i'll i'll hit you with something here like i'm not sure if you're familiar with like uh andrew tate and the hustlers university thing is this good should i i need to learn copyright and i get 10 10 g's a month right yeah, so I, I ended up looking into it. I ended up purchasing the 50 report. Did you do that actually? I did. Oh, I did. shit. I see what it, what it was all about. And it's it's crazy. Let me tell you. It's, it's something that you really have to be passionate about. I mean, it's young people in there. I mean, you don't really know what their credit is because what the businesses they're running, it's not like, you know, the CEO of Sears or the CEO of this company. They're, oh, well, I sold $20,000 in soccer balls online. That's what I did. I made money off that. So, you know, you kind of have to believe that and believe that process. And, you know, they have plenty of videos and discussions on it. I was taking their um, online uh, store course, they had an online store building drop shipping. Like, I tried it because I tried drop the shipping before and it didn't work. And I tried the Hustlers University version. And, to some degree, there was very good knowledge in it where you, you know, it, it walks you through the process of building store pretty streamlined, you know. But you know, there's a lot of people who are doing the course and they're all doing the same thing. So, yes, you're learning valuable information, but what you're not learning, which is won't learn anywhere, is you know how to set yourself apart from other people. That is true. You will never learn in his thing because it's it's not about that. It's just almost like a foundation. So I I don't, I don't pay for it anymore. I, I gave up and then we started the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like that pyramid scheme or, you know, your friend who's going to start selling life insurance and it's not going to work for everyone. 90% of the people are going to quit and be like, oh man, I was involved in some type of scam. Luckily, I didn't waste too much time or too much money or whatever it is. But there are people in those scams who are making a killing. So there's going to be people coming out of that Andrew Tate course, you know, who, you know, have just the the Ritalin focus to sit here and go through and come out there on top where everyone else is just, you know, you either start seeing the holes or you're like, well, maybe I can go do something else. But somebody who's just like, maybe you need nothing to hold on to. And those people are just like, fuck, like if I don't get this, I, I truly have nothing. Yeah. Some people are very passionate. You know, they, they, they give like the testimonials of people who've made it. And I remember when I, uh, I had ended up like unsubscribing from it. You know, I click the unsubscribe button. It, it literally prompts you with testimonials of Andrew Tate and the people in the school and telling you why you're a loser and why you should quit and why you should keep going and you know, wow. keep going. Don't go back to the matrix and be back on. They're trying to keep you alive. It's, it's crazy. There are some people who are extremely passionate and people who are, you know, and it, it was interesting because the people within the course would you know, show you their online store. They would they'd say, hey, tell me what you think. Drop it in front of everybody in like the chat and say, tell me what you think of my store. And you would click. Some of them were very, very good. And some of them looked really amazing. Like, wow, you know, 
I wonder how much these people are doing. Some of them were making you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, but you know, some of them can click and it looked like the tutorial that you know you were shown in the videos for the class. So it's like, well, you're just copying pasting it in here. What are you really learning? You're just you're just doing what they say. You're in the matrix. Exactly. It's exactly what you were supposed to do. <laughs> I, I think after I hit unsubscribe and and t- came on there and told me I'm not going to escape the matrix, I I think I probably would cancel my cancel. I'd go back in. I'd be like, hey. you, cancel, you would go back in. I'd, I'd have to go back. I'm going to be honest. I, I was there. Wow. Yeah. I think it'd be tough to quit from that guy. You know, I, I know he's had his problems or you know his setup, whatever it might be, but you know that that guy goes around his little scooter, or whatever he's on, and around his giant mansion and past all of his cars. I'm like, shit, man, guy's got something going. You know, it actually that's something I've been thinking about. It's it puts a lot of uh puts a whole new meaning to that business model where you talk about, you know, the pyramid scheme idea where it's, you know, you've one person finds success in such a niche little thing. Like let's say I used to know a guy who would sell on Amazon, he'd go to Walmart and he'd be like the Amazon like verified shopper or shipper or whatever it is, and he'd buy like remote control T-Rexes for a hundred bucks and then upsell them for two hundred bucks on Amazon and like made a killing with it. And it's one of those things where you find that that niche and you like get lucky one time pretty much. And then that just starts the cycle of you being like, Oh, I'm going to start a course and should be my Shopify course and all these types of things. Like personally it, it works. Like it, it, it can work. It's just, I've always been a denier of it almost because it is such a, it's such a risk. It's your gamble. It's, it's a total gamble. You, yeah. You gotta gamble because the, the big gamble with it is yes. Like if the drop shipping, your products are free, but at the same time, you have to advertise and you know social media advertising is so outrageously expensive to get any form of traction so it's it's yeah two quick stories your your buddy doing that amazon and walmart thing like that's brilliant i was talking to my one friend about it before that we ran under shore house when my son was probably three like the first time like it's a family shore house we're gonna do i was like oh well you know he needs a boogie board we need to get all this stuff but we were going in september in the off season so all this stuff's like sold out like target didn't have that stuff and like walmart and wherever else so I went on Amazon and it was $40 for this boogie board. It's like, oh man, like I don't want to spend 40 bucks. This is bullshit. Like, you know, my kid's first time, like this would be great. I, I got to get on this. And I get it. And it had the five below sticker on it. So they just went and bought all this stuff at five below. They're reselling it now for 40 bucks, making that killing. Like there's such a, you know, targeted marketing. People are going on vacation, don't want to bring all their crap from across the country, wherever they're going. And be like, well, hey, you know, the boogie board, it's five bucks at five below. It's forty bucks in the boardwalk, not anywhere else. So, what's that fair price that somebody would is willing to take that hit and not have to drag it across wherever they're coming from? It's a it's a crazy thing. Re, uh, reselling's a a huge part of my life and his life as well. We both had experiences with it, which we go into in different podcasts. But just the the concept behind it is that there's money to be made anywhere in this world. It just matters how much or not how much, how high the demand is for a certain product that someone cannot easily get their hands on. Yeah, some of the stuff, the sneakers, the reselling of the sneakers. You know, I've got buddies that'll post stuff on Facebook or whatever they do. The one guy goes to this open air flea market and sells this stuff, and it just seems crazy. It seems crazy. He would pay that much money for sneakers. It seems, especially if they were worn, like oh, only worn once, and they're four hundred and fifty dollars. Like, well, that's like a hundred dollar pair of sneakers. I, I, I don't know, but you're a sneaker guy. Maybe you see that different than I do. I see people kicking you at a concert, stepping on them, like your kids spill orange juice on them. I was like, well, all right, there goes my new balances. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a, uh, I don't know, it's, it's it's such a crazy concept. It's like, it's a status thing. I don't know. If you if you have the pair of kicks that everyone wants and you were the first one to get them on drop day and everyone else has to pay 400, but you only paid a buck 10, 
you can choose to either wear the shit out of your shoes and be like, yeah, I'm the man, or you go flip it and go make more money. And then you go keep going in on that, on that cycle. Listen, I have to lay a red carpet every time Owen comes in this house. <laughs> <laughs> There's dirt on the floor. It's, it's game. <laughs> That's he's insane. I'm, I'm out. If I get dirt on my shoes, shoe I'm booties out. on. He's, he's got the little <laughs> blue shoe booties <laughs> shuffling around <laughs> under these man are Yeezys. You understand. Yeah, man. You don't, you don't get it. Ledger. You don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ledger and I rocking our new balance, five sixty dad barbecuers. We're, we're enjoying ourselves. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a big sneaker guy. We got you into shoes for a little bit. I was in the shoes for like two seconds. I'm done. Yeah, you're banned. You guys can't have like, you're going to go up there. People are spilling drinks. People are bumping into each other. You're doing your thing. And you're gonna come yeah. out with them all scuffed and be like, "What the fuck, man? I just made whatever you guys make, you know." And then you're like, "Oh, that was all the sneakers right there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't. I mean, a lot of free gigs, that kind of thing. Now I'm not to cover a nice pair of strips. I mean, I had my saxophone show them gigs. So, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so I saw you guys had a, a clip for UFOs, but I didn't get to watch it. They've been big in the news now. I don't think I've really talked to people who have grown up in that Independence Day world, where it seems aliens are almost commonly accepted from 2000 on. How do you guys feel about it? Did you pay attention to those hearings? Like, what do you guys think about it? I know our opinions differ on this one. I'm a believer. I think that there could be something out there. I don't know if there's no reason not to think so. But in my humble opinion, <laughs> the bodies that were shown in, in the Mexican Congress hearing, they were cake. They could have been something. I don't know. They, they didn't seem real. They didn't seem real. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I, I don't necessarily believe in that. I really don't because my, my thought process is it's like the earth is very old and, you know, Humans have been around for a very, very long time. And you could make the argument that there maybe was some coral veil in contact at one point, maybe before the days of you know written knowledge or it was lost and you know the, the great fire and whatever, and we, we lost it in the library. But I make the argument, and everybody always says this argument, but if they existed, you know, we would have seen what took like now, man. You raise a good point. You raise a good point. I, I believe that. I, I do believe that if there's another planet out there. Like an Earth-like planet. If we're referring to aliens as such like any like mammal-like creature, you know, living, breathing, that kind of thing. I mean, I can believe that there might be other fish and organisms and that kind of thing out there on a planet with an ocean. But in terms of like high intelligence beings, I really don't see it. Like, I don't see it existing like that. What do you guys like think about like the Spider Verse or interdimensional or or things like that? No chance of them coming from there. Uh, I don't know. I don't buy a multiverse kind of vibe from uh, from at least our generation. I mean, you know, I, I just I don't think that would be. I, I don't know. I, what do you think? What do you think about a multiverse? Heard the, the argument of like, yeah, you know, there's different timelines and there's different dimensions where you know certain things go different ways and time travel and that kind of thing. But it, it's just a really hard concept because it's it's a concept. We don't, we don't know if it's real. You can't exactly prove it. You know, you can make theories, you can provide so much information, but it's not something where it's 100% tangible, where I can watch a video of Brian from the podcast going to, you know, the Spider-Verse and hanging out with Peter Parker. Like, I, <laughs> like it's, you can't see it, so it's very hard to believe it. You know? When I land that interview, man, you're going to see it. Right. <laughs> He's going to be with the alien or Peter Parker. Exactly. But it's something I've noticed is like, you know, people from the early ages, even, even before the time of, you know, media and radio and more time of written work, the concepts which those people believed in back then, they believed in some crazy, crazy, crazy things that, you know, we would say now, like, man, that, that doesn't make any sense. But they truly believed in like 
you know, monsters and that kind of thing of these uh, creatures that lived out there in the oceans and up in the mountains. And, you know, you, you think of something, maybe they were real, maybe they did actually see them, you know, but you can't prove it because they never saw it. It's just written in the book. Yeah. Kind of so it, it's a hard concept to kind of swallow. I like what you're saying about the people from before and like they had monsters and stuff, but they also didn't have streetlights and flashlights. So if you're in the dark and you're in the woods and you're just like hanging out with your buddies or whatever, like there's noises and you're like, what the fuck was that? Like, did you guys hear that? Did you hear that? But now like, it's you know, mountain lions don't really, come out, uh, whatever, maybe they come out during the day or a panther, whatever it might be. There's stuff that doesn't really come out of day and it hunts at night. So if you're just sitting around your small little campfire or just went out and you're ready to go to bed and you start hearing stuff, you're like, oh my God, there was a T-Rex, like whatever they might have described. But it would just be so loud to you and you can't see. There's like, oh, go get, shine your flashlight. It doesn't exist. So you yeah. know, them in the daytime, then they're drawing these things, these giant monster things, whatever it is. I do agree a UFO would have to land. You know, I think five years ago, I'm like, oh, UFO has to land at the White House. And now even if it landed at the White House, I'm like, no, still not. Probably fake video. Probably fake. It has to land at my house. And like, that's probably the only way <laughs> yeah. I'm going to believe something. The CGI is so good for everything. There's this awesome video that will pop up on Twitter of this little like three-year-old and he's you know, walking on the sidewalk and has a little curb and he's holding onto the railing and he's three. So he can't, he has like no balance and he's like slipping off, but he's still holding on to the thing. And the dad is just starting to superimpose or layer or whatever things on there. And he's like, oh, great. We'll take the sidewalk out now. And we're going to add the waterfall behind them. And it, just as he's talking and doing all this stuff, it looks like the kids on the inside railing of like Niagara Falls. And every time he slips, it looks like he's going to slip into the waterfall. Now, if I knew anything about videos, I probably could look at it or be like, oh, obviously that was put in here. I don't know any of that shit. So if somebody's going to put the alien <laughs> on the White House lawn sh shaking Joe Biden's hand, I have to decide, <laughs> did that happen or is that bullshit? I'm going to lean true. towards that was bullshit. Yeah. Deep fake, deep fake technology like that. You know, you could have anybody say anything. It's so dangerous. You know, it's getting really, really good where I, I see videos of like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong-un dancing together and you know, you're like, man, like it's obviously not real, but it's going to get to a point where you could have, you know, someone sit down and make it look like they're saying anything and get someone in a lot of trouble. You know, I mean, if aliens, that kind of thing, you can convince anything. You think of the days of like, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis, you know, the only way that was averted was through conversations with people. But now it's like you can make anybody say anything. So it doesn't matter like that anymore. You know, it could get people into a lot of trouble. It's very true. Yeah, and it went from choppy technology of you know the AI animation type thing to there's you're seeing stuff now. You're like, wow, that's like barely noticeable. And give that another year or two, five years, and you have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why that that kind of thing, it's like you get to a point where you're like, what's the regulation? What do we, you know, like you have to talk about before, like what is the regulation on this one? What you know, precautionary steps are we taking, you know, to limit where this is going or you know the hands of the people that are getting into it because you know most most people have ill intentions and you know they're gonna they, they're gonna do some crazy things and you know you don't want uh the video of the ufo landing or you know you know joe biden saying he's gonna nuke uh ukraine or not ukraine but russia he's gonna send a bomb over there or you know because it'll just get us into a lot of trouble and it's a it's a scary scary point because you don't know what people can get into and it's with that you know everyone wants their five seconds of fame too so whatever they can do to get that is going to inevitably happen. And then at that point, it's going to screw over whoever it does. And people aren't looking at the greater good anymore. It's definitely a huge change. Yeah. You see how many morons do like bomb scares or whatever. And like, like what's the point of doing that? Like, I, I don't understand. Like, what thrill are you getting? And there's just going to be some 
computer nerd who's going to be like, I'm just going to make Joe Biden say he's going to he's going to nuke Ukraine, which would be a complete 180 from him. But also, like maybe he did say it. I'm not putting it past anybody. It's it's going to be an interesting world. You know, you're going to have to have like double verifications for everything to see. I don't know how they're going to navigate that. Yeah, I, I really, I feel like I don't know if you heard hearing, but there was an interview with Elon Musk afterwards, and there was something he said that was really worth noting. He mentioned how we're very reactionary; we only react to things once it happens. So I feel like we won't really know what the implications are going to be until something crazy does happen, and someone does, you know, do something crazy and get someone into trouble, and someone gets hurt or something gets destroyed. You know, we, we won't know what's going to happen until that point. That point comes. Do you think he's going to make it to Mars in your lifetime? Do you think a civilization will be living on there? You know, I, I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. It's one of those things where I'm really hopeful that, you know, there can at least be human presence, that someone, you know, there will be an individual who can walk on Mars. You know, I don't see it like a full-on habitat, people living up there and, you know, an igloo or a bubble home. And I don't think it'll be at that point, but I think hopefully somebody will walk the surface. I think it would definitely be a buzzer beater in our lifetime. You know, 98, 99, maybe cusping triple, digit, triple digits, you know. And, you know. We'll be sitting in our rocking chairs, you know, reminiscing this podcast. Or recording episode 2000, you know, doing whatever we're doing. <laughs> They're going to pop something. the Norlink in you guys are going to live forever. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. We're going to be good. So much Flipcast. So much Flipcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have any opinions on the Norlink? Do you think that's good for society? Like, I mean, I'm going to be, I have a personal opinion and I would never, I wouldn't do it. I really wouldn't, you know, but I think that the integration of human intelligence and then, you know, artificial intelligence and that kind of thing, I mean, like, there's a lot of good benefits that come from it. You know, you can definitely do some very far out things with it, but again, it's, it's one of those things where you're, you're really tapping into the realm of the natural science that natural form natural life you're scrapping that and ripping that apart into pulling us into this really new territory where it's it's a weird subject and i don't really know how to feel about it i don't know if you have a i mean it's one of those things where i'm i'm all about innovation i mean again with moderation i'm all about innovation i'd love to see it progress in my lifetime i don't know if i'd personally be the guinea pig for it my mom and i are huge black mirror fans so i've seen too much of that type of stuff to fall into the trap but i don't know it's like as long as it's not tested on me i'd like to see it in action but at the same time i know it would inevitably have to be tested on everybody so you know like you'll see if it's in the monkey and uh, you know we'll see the monkey dancing around and whatever yeah you know thinks about a banana and the banana comes off the conveyor belt and like Maybe that point, but again, I I don't know. Like you know, I see people now with like people who get their like chip in their hand. Oh yeah, tap, you know they can take their hand and tap the reader. That freaks me out too. It's like man, like you know, someone can just come up with your hand, or you could put your hand down at the bus stop on the bench, and what if there's a, a reader in that thing and they can steal your information, just like these skimmers on all the gas pumps. What if that's the point where you know you put your hand down on the counter at the TVs and Oh my God, someone just got all your information. That, that really scares me. It is. It's a uh, dystopian future. Scary. Yeah. Yeah. So Elon just put in, it was either yesterday or today, he he put in asking for approval for human testing in the Norlink. So we're past the monkey phase. He's going to go for the, the human one. And oh. I think if you have a, a disability or, you know, if you're permanently injured, whatever it might be, like, hey, all, all for do whatever to get your mobility back, get your, your, your sense of life back. It's the the healthy people, the the mobile people that you know I do get, get concerned about. 
Yeah, I think it just it gets to the point where it's almost like giving people superpowers, and they're like, you know, what what does that look like when you're giving someone some of these abilities? You know, what what can people do with that? You know, there's smart people out there who can mess with things and you know, craft it to what they want, and you know, it's it's even with the simplest forms of technology, there's always somebody trying to change it. You know, you have iPhones that are jailbroken, you have computers that are hacked, you have game systems that are hacked so that you can play a game. Those are just simple things, you know. They're not really hurting anybody, but what is what is this going to do? If someone tampers with this, this could be huge, you know, devastating implications. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be like, oh, what was that Matthew McConaughey movie? And he, he knew everything. He took the little pill, and it's going to be like that in in real life. Like you're going to have internet computing power at your fingertips in your brain instead of like, oh, let me just Google this. Like you're going to think it. It's going to be Googled and be right there. A uh, limitless. The Matthew. I think it was Matthew McConaughey. Limitless. Good movie. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. My other concern is there was a shitty Steven Spielberg movie, but a better book, Ready Player One. And it <laughs> talked about kind of what Zuckerberg wanted to do with the metaverse, what he he was trying to do. But, you know, you're going to log in with VR glasses and run on treadmills, whatever it is. And you're going to spend your entire life interact, you know, living in a shanty, but yet interacting in this virtual world. And some stuff in the virtual world is like pretty cool. Like whatever your favorite movie is, you get to be the main actor and act through the movie and the more you say the lines right you get bonus points and credits like money whatever and you get to act in you know ferris bueller's day off or independence like whatever it might be <laughs> limitless like here you go you get to be matthew mcconaughey and you know i just find that to be this like slippery slope of it's gonna be pretty enticing for some people who either you know just aren't happy with their existence or not happy with the way of the world or kind of just get tricked or pushed in the wrong direction to go in here that's gonna be really hard to come out when everything's at your fingertip, you can be in Bermuda in a heartbeat. You can be hiking the Alps in a heartbeat, but it's not real. Like it's, it's still not that authentic conversation we were talking about. It's not that authentic experience. There's something different. It's totally different. I mean, I had I had the Oculus, the Meta Oculus, the, the current technology. I mean, it's very limited now. It's, it's not something. I mean, you you know damn well that you're you know sitting in your bedroom and. You know, you have your shirt off, and you have a big fat pair of goggles on your face, and you're <laughs> swinging your arms around like you have a lightsaber. And you're really selling this, man. I'm about to go buy it. Yeah, <laughs> you're right, you're right. I, you'll I, love it. I have to get rid of it because I just got to the point where it's like I couldn't enjoy it anymore because it's like, man, I miss hanging out with Owen. I miss hanging out with my friends. Like, you know, you could meet your friends in the virtual world and play dodgeball or play baseball, but. It's not the same as you know getting a big fat dodgeball in the face and you know or you know playing baseball and running and falling and having a bruise out of leg. It's not the same. It's such a. I know there's like the, the sensory stuff that's that's coming where they're going to be able to like feel and that kind of thing, which might change the game a little bit. But at its current state now, it's just not something that seems really feasible. It, it's just not feasible at all. Yeah, all this stuff's definitely coming, and it's just a matter of how much is bought in, or it's really how much is bought in. And it, you know, I think it's be forced for a lot of things. You know, had a lot of technology, like you might not like an iPhone or you know a cell phone, or you might not like a laptop. Like oh, I, I prefer a typewriter. Well, guess what, man? Like that ship sailed. Like you have to use you have to use a computer now. You, right. Stephen King maybe, and he can type his books on a typewriter, but that's but that's one in a million. It's it's adaptation at this point. You know, it's you need to follow trends. You need to adapt. I mean, that's through human evolution. You know, humans have needed to adapt to change with each invention, each advent that's come. There's always been people who, you know, the invention of the automobile, the electricity. There was always people shooting it down, always throughout history. 
And, you know, now with these virtual reality and AI, that kind of thing, it's a weird area where, you know, we don't really know where it's going to go. You know, it's like with the advent of electricity, it was direct current or electric current. You know, we either had that one or, you know, the other one, or you didn't believe it in their own. Now we're at a point where you know, we have virtual reality and you have AI and there's all these different implications for it. But at the end of the day, I think the world is always going to be the world. We're always going to need people at their feet. We're always going to need the guy stocking the shelf at the grocery store. We're always going to need the guy driving the truck. Those things aren't going to change. It's always going to be the same, but I think it, in any means, it's just all going to look a little different. My concern is when you know Terminator becomes real life and somebody just sits here and like, oh, I'm going to solve global warming. So let me ask AI, like AI, solve global warming for me. Everybody was so happy with me that I just did this. And AI looks at and be like, well, if I just turn off the electricity for all these people, I don't know anything about feelings. You know, in a month, I'll probably freeze to death or die. And guess what? I solved global warming and they're going to shut it down and no one's going to know how to turn it back on. And we're just going to, you know, we're going back to the stone age. And maybe it's not going to be that drastic, but someone's going to think they're doing something really good and not realize that the easiest answer to all problems, even if it's not the right answer, the easiest one is get rid of all the humans. Like, oh, hey, make world peace. Well, what's the easiest for world peace? Get rid of all the people. Oh, world's at peace. There's the nuances in the question. Like, you know, you ask the genie for, you know, whatever the wish is, but like, you really have to frame it the right way or, you know, you're going to get screwed over. It's like the idea of, you know, the humanizing of AI, which we'll definitely have an episode on, you know, in the very near future where, you know, AI doesn't know morals. It just knows, you know, problem solution, like you're saying. So, you know, the unfortunate truth is the way to fix most problems is to take the person out of the driver's seat. And in that case, it's, you know, getting rid of humans. So it's this whole idea that if we don't humanize the AI that we're building and, you know, that's, you know, sitting there on a red destructor button, if anything ever goes AWOL, the world as we know, it's it's done. It's done with all the innovation. Right. I mean, there's no human control at this point, you know, you think of all these scary instances where Cuban Missile Crisis uh, during the Cold War, you know, when you know, they Russia thought, you know, the missiles had been sent over and, you know, there was a choice that had been made and someone had to push the big red button. It was human moral compass at that point. There was someone sitting in the chair saying, oh, you know, man, like, I don't know if I should do this. I don't know what, what are the facts, you know, what, are, what, what is the opinions? AI isn't, you know, doesn't have its opinions. It's fact-based. It's just strictly fact and knowledge-based. So if it, it's going to go with whatever you feed it. And if it thinks self-destruct, then there you go. Yeah. Self-destruct. Well, that's a good thing too. It's only as good as the input that it's receiving. So, can you make the decisions on whatever it was fed? So, you have to be right. concerned about, you know, we talk about the hacking, we talk about what you can do. But like, what if you just fed it all the worst data possible and that's all it had? Yeah. It's, it's scary because, you know, the creators of ChatGPT and that whole ball game, you know, that I think, I mean, they say, you know, they sit down for interviews and they'd say to themselves, they said, oh, we're really nervous about this because of its reach, you know. The, the, the guy, one of the co-creators, he walks around with a briefcase with the big red button pretty much that can shut it down at any point. So it, it's really scary to think that you know, even these guys, the guys who created it, they're scared of what this thing can do. You know, obviously AI is one of these things that we talked about this enough, so, but it's constantly learning. You know, it's looking to learn everything. And if it isn't a topic it knows, and if there's a really niche topic it might not know yet, it, it's going to learn it. And it's going to continue learning. And it's not going to be saying, okay, like, where is, when are we going to put the glass box up? When are we going to put the glass box and say, okay, you can only learn up to this point? 
you know, right now it's AI can only learn so much because it can't learn current events. It hasn't gotten that smart yet. You can't feed it current events because there's too much going on at once. But, you know, it's going to get to that point eventually where AI can take in current events and breaking news and simultaneously take news from every point around the globe. But it's at what point do we say, okay, here's the here's the wall. This is where it stops. This is where it can't go any further. That's what I think everyone needs to come to a conclusion with and an agreeance so you know we can have a handle on it you know there's a human on the other side of the computer and says okay this, this is it we're done you know there's someone with more confidence at that point yeah yeah, that's what I have to hope for. I think that's you know a little pie in the sky thinking. I hope not, but hoping that billionaires and you know trillionaires in the future are going to be like, what is the greater good, and what is this really doing? Instead of like, oh, this this gets me more zeros. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let me rapid fire some things for you guys, and then we'll you know we'll get some closing comments going. That sounds good. Awesome. All right. So we talked about we talked about the aliens. Those bodies at the Mexican thing were definitely bullshit. Like, man, somebody made that in art class. You would think if they rolled out dead bodies. That they would be in glass. They'd be like they would people have gloves on. This guy, it was like you know the little plastic thing that's on like a Christmas ornament or like the thank you cards that you pull out. Like he was like jiggling it out to get it, and there was this mummified you know five hundred thousand year old body. Whatever. Do you think Roswell in nineteen forty eight crash? Do you think that happened? And there's alien bodies being held by the government. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. I, I really don't think. I, I feel like if that hadn't happened in any means, it would have already been declassified. Uh, also, with that, it's uh, you know, age of technology. We would definitely have seen you know some sort of picture of something by now with you know hackers and people that leak. So, bullshit. Call them bullshit. 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 Okay, we have bullshit on that. Do you think time travel is possible or could be possible in the future? I from from articles and research that I have read, I, I feel I I'm gonna say I wish it would pass possible to go back to the past. I don't think it's possible to go back to the past. I think it's definitely possible if you, you know, nail down to like a speed kind of thing, you can definitely learn to time travel in the future. I'm 100% with Madre on that. So you would get stuck in the future and you couldn't come back? Right. I, uh, yeah. You can travel with the rotation of the Earth. You can travel faster in the future, but you can't, you can't go back. Okay. I like that. I think that's good. So one thing, I, was, I don't know where I, I thought about this, but it was like, if aliens are from another planet they're from you know out of the solar system and they're going to you know you can bend space and time and so like einstein thing it's easier to bend a piece of paper and meet there but how do you know what's on the other side like you would have to travel the entire universe and slowly map it like in star wars and they do light speed like han solo had to put in these calculations because you don't end up in a, an asteroid field so like you would have to go there and see all this stuff them coming from far away in, in outer space uh, you know I, I think that would be too you're too likely to to land in the middle of a planet or something yeah, totally with you. Agreed. Do you think Bigfoot is real? Ooh, I think there's definitely a really large dude somewhere in the Appalachians that could be Bigfoot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yeah. I think, I think Bigfoot at one point, maybe now, but I think at one point there was a Bigfoot, but I think it was some kind of mutated bear or something that no one can really put their finger on. But I think it might have been out there. Yeah. Okay, so we're in the kind of the yes camp for that. Okay, I'm in for that. Yeah, it, it might be. I, I, I believe you have to believe it. Either that or a retired moonshiner in West Virginia. <laughs> just got all really big and jacked. Nothing else to do but lift some weights. And he's out there just picking up rocks exactly. and throwing them. I think Mr. That's Rock. <laughs> Mr. Rock, that's it. Do you think Kanye West and some of these other people are clones? That they've been cloned? Ooh. Ooh. Uh, man, I don't know. I... I'm gonna say no. I really, I really, I, I've seen it. I've seen the photos. It's man, like they have big red circles, and this is this, and this is that. 
I don't know. Again, it's one of those things where if this was real, someone would have already got it. That's someone true. Would have already said, "Oh my God, wait a minute," you know, or they would have leaked something and would have already. Yeah, you can't have two Kanyes, so I'm going to say no. And no two Kanyes. My only problem with the leaking thing, I I do agree. You know that like, hey, somebody would leak it, and you know there, some crazy stories do come out, and then people you know you just don't follow them. Like who are you gonna, who are you going to leak to? Like, you know, you're going to give it to the New York Times. You're going to give it to CNN, Fox News, whatever it might be. You're going to give it to them. And they're going to go, well, this is crazy. We're not airing this. So then you have to leak it to crazy places that are going to air it. So next thing you know, you're calling into, you know, Art Bell's show that he would do. You're calling into Alex Jones. You're like, Alex Jones, I got to tell you. And like, he might be like, yeah, cloning hybrids here or whatever it is. But then people are like, well, Alex Jones is a little bit nuts. That's a nuts conversation. Where are you leaking it to? That's my question. Well, and I think at this point, you know, with people being able to take advantage of things like organic growth, like TikTok, I mean, you can have your own profile and just post something and, you know, get it uploaded and anybody can see it and it will be under your name. So something like if it was, oh, I found, you know, Kanye West Claw and I found through, here it is, they could upload that and it would just be under their name. That's where I think it would be. Yeah. And then definitely like, you know, being in the, the age of media where everything is about coming down, you know, the grapevine, you know, um, you post something somewhere and then someone pulls it and posts it somewhere else. And it's this whole idea of, you know, organic growth, but also people just multiplying this and skewing it like a game of telephone. So if you're airing it out that, oh my God, I saw Bigfoot and there's two of them, right? CNN's not going to air that. But if I told it to, you know, somebody that believes in that type of thing, right? Then it's just going to eventually make its way to mainstream media. That's just the way I've seen it. It's like, you know, trickle down effect, grapevine effect, whatever you want to call it. Okay. And then the other thing for leaking or whatever it might be was Edward Snowden. You know, he he took some classified documents. He went to, I know he went first and he ended up in Russia. So some of that was, I think it was Vault 7 they talked about. And it was that the NSA is scooping up all your data that the NSA... Uh, you know, spying on Americans supposed to be illegal. Uh, take all your stuff. Everything's being put in a warehouse and in files. And also that they can hack into any computer and also undetected and also make it look like whoever they want did the hacking. So erase their hacking steps and, you know, oh, hey, Russia is hacking into Ukraine, but really it's the NSA hacking into Ukraine, making it look like Russia did. So like all this like crazy stuff that I think it also, if somebody were to upload things or they were to steal it, it's very easy to take some of these things back and the things that do make it out, it's either they don't care about or they want it out. Yeah. I mean, with the Edwards noted, I mean, yeah, especially the NSA, I mean, post post nine 11, I mean, there, there's huge implications with that with the laws that were passed and the security measures with that. I mean, I, I, I'm at that point where, you know, there's that, they have the ability to do those kind of things. I mean, they, they passed laws that gave them that ability to tap phones and that kind of thing. Do I think maybe, you know, the hacking kind of thing, and being able to scrub their name off of it, I'm not sure. I, I really don't know. I mean, people have gotten pretty intricate with with IP addresses and that thing, and it, it's really hard to kind of scrub it off the surface. You know, digital the digital footprint with that, and being able to really track it down, it, it's getting more intricate. To like, if you put this 20 years ago, you could probably do it and scrub your name off completely, and it would be a blank slate. But now, I mean, it, it's it, it's so deep where the newer systems, you can't get away with that. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I'm on the other side of it too, where just with the way technology grows and the way people always find a way around firewalls and all these different like rules of technology and all these types of things, like 
based on innovation, it's totally possible. Like anybody's able to erase anything they've ever done. You know, you look at, you know, for, from a college perspective, when we go on Quizlet and Chegg and want to be able to find an answer, but it's blurred out because of the screen, we can inspect element. You could, there's, there's these things that you can do on computers. And, you know, that's obviously a very low level of this whole erasing footprints and all those types of things. But if it's possible on one end, I think it's possible on another. I mean, that's just kind of a, <laughs> a basic overlying topic, but that's just how I feel. I like it. I like it. And what they might have had then and what you can do now could also be very different at that time. At, you know, if they even had it all, you know, there's information, there's disinformation, there's who knows about Edward Snowden anyway. But I think that's my rapid fire. I don't want to get too crazy for you guys. We're not going to get into if the earth is flat, if, if the Kardashians going to end up in the White House. We'll, we'll save all that for our next episode. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Definitely definitely think an 100%. Do our research. Uh, yeah, jump on it. Uh, where can guys find you? Where can people find you? Uh, yeah, they can find us. Uh, so on our on all platforms, we are Flipcast Podcast. Um, you can find us on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. All of our links are in our link tree in our bio. Yeah, feel free to follow us. We're doing a giveaway right now where for the first 250 people that follow us on TikTok, um, you'll be entered into a giant prize wheel to be able to win a $25 Amazon gift card. So for those watching, feel free to come to us. You know, all free, no strings attached. And even if you want followed afterward, you wouldn't be mad. Exactly. To get to that yes. So, you know, feel free to enter. Uh, all it takes is a follow. And yeah, that's what I got. Once you follow, you got to keep following them. You can't unfollow. You can't unfollow the follow. We appreciate that, Brian. We appreciate <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, stick with it. But I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I'll put all your stuff in the show notes and everything. Thanks. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Take care. All right, everyone. That was our show. Don't forget to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. Like and follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date in all things wild and weird. Check out the links in the show notes for more information on our guests. The biggest support you can offer is to tell everyone about the podcast. Until next time. 